Hello, I'm Karen Pascal, and I'm the director of the Henry Nouwen Society. Our goal at the Society is to extend the rich spiritual legacy of Henry Nouwen to audiences right around the world. Today in this podcast, you're going to meet Father Ron Rollheiser. Father Ron is a gifted writer with titles such as The Restless Heart, The Holy Longing, and A Spirituality of Leadership. He's a Roman Catholic priest who is the president of the Oblate School of Theology in San Antonio, Texas. Father Ron Rollheiser has been a featured keynote speaker at several Henry Nouwen conferences. His insights into the heart and mind of Henry Nouwen are so rich. I know you're going to enjoy hearing what Ron has to say about Henry Nouwen. Father Ron, you're a member of the Missionary Oblates of Mary Immaculate and president of the Oblates School of Theology in San Antonio. We're here because it's the annual Summer Institute, and you've titled it Downward Mobility. Why? Because it's the, in many ways, the central part of the gospel. I think the part of the gospel we don't pick up on. Um, see, as, as St. Paul puts it in Philippians, he said, though Jesus was in the form of God, he didn't cling to that. He climbed down to become a human being, and then he climbed on further to take on the form of a slave. And so that the the Christ movement is a move downward, and so much of just our whole cultural ethos and so on is we got to climb upward, onward, upward. I gave a talk last night. The, the, my, the motto of my school was onward and upward, ever upward. Or So many of us come from the background where we were raised, both consciously and unconsciously, with the whole thing about from rags to riches, which isn't a bad ideal. But I think she's go from rags to riches and then back to rags. Um, see that there's a. I think we need to learn the, what this expression means to become post-affluent, to become post-rich. Um, that you know we we need to to step away from privilege. We need to step away from money. We need to step away from comforts and so on. Not that they're bad, uh, but we until everybody has equal access and um, you know I should only have. As the encyclical says, she only have two coats once everybody has one. Let me ask you, how does this relate to Henry Nouwen? Do, do you see a link at all as you've chosen downward mobility? Is there a way in which uh, Henry was at all interested in downward mobility, and how did he demonstrate it? Well, like in everything, first of all, Henry was obsessed with this. This is central to Henry. Henry Nouwen, from the time he had, you know, he when he had his first successes, that he got published. He teaches at Yale. He goes to Harvard. Already, as soon as he leaves Yale, remember he goes to South America, he's already, I need to step away from this. I need to step away from privilege. Like, privilege bothered Harry, Henry, even though he liked it. <laughs> he was always a contradiction. But see, and then he went to Harvard when he, South America didn't work out for him. He went to Harvard and again was always to step away. So um, Henri was always trying to somehow find a way to climb down which was difficult for him because, you know, well, first of all, it's difficult for everybody, but, but he's an international figure. He liked traveling. He liked doing things. Uh, he liked comforts. And at the same time, he was always in his, 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 his heart. Was clear, I got to step away from this. I got to go. I got to. And even his ending up in Larsh is a very clear example of, you know, he is an example of a person who clearly kept trying to step away from privilege to in the downward downward movement. It's interesting because we talk about downward mobility and we think in terms of, of resources. We think in terms of, of money or, 
or privilege. But one of the interesting things about Henry's downward mobility is that he reached the pinnacle of what we called academic or intellectual success, both in the fact that he's at Harvard, but also because he's got a lot of published mm-hmm. materials. And it was interesting, his choice to go to L'Arche. What, what was he having to let go of in that? Well, he had to let go of his, uh, his academic career, um, which, again, you know, you knew Henry, or, well, you know, he, he was always a bit of a contradiction to himself. Like, he, he, he needed that kind of affirmation, and yet he was never comfortable with it. So his idea was, I need to let go of this prestige. And he writes about that very explicitly. You know, before he went to South America, you know, um, he wrote very explicitly, I got to step away from this privilege, I got to step away from this privilege. Then he was even stronger at Harvard. And, um, and of course, he was envied by the academics, envied him because his classes were so full and also his books were read. And, um, but, but that was... What was in Henry's mind was always, Henry was a gospel person, and he was always clear, we got to move towards the poor. He didn't quite know how to do it, and his meeting Jean Vanier, I think, was a great uh, providential thing in his life, because um, he was always looking for that home. So, so there were two things in, in Henry's um, mind that they were meshed together. One was the downward mobility, but remember, he was always trying to find a home. He was always trying to, this is not where I'm at home. I'm not at home at Harvard. I'm not at home in Yale. I'm not at home in South America. I'm not quite at home in the United States and so on. And, uh, but, but it was a deeper sense of home. When, and then when he lands with Larsh, which really tested him, you know, washing the bodies of them, feeding people and so on, that wasn't Henry. He was always physically awkward. Um, and but at the same time he, he begins to realize I'm home I'm home with these people I'm home and and he, he'd write so honestly he said they don't admire me academically these people don't have ever written books um, and uh, it was the first time he wasn't admired for what he was doing and it's the first time he really felt at home he was admired for being present. Yeah, Are you going to yeah. be home tonight? Yeah. It's interesting because for those of, who might be listening to this, um, and you might not know what L'Arche is. L'Arche is a community of where developmentally handicapped adults and Christians live together in community. And Henry joined this. He, a person who at that point had written literally dozens of books, uh, he joined a community where no one could read a book. And I, I think that was quite interesting, and, and it was life-giving to him because he had found home there. Um, what do you think Henry Nouwen has to offer today? Oh, a lot. I think Henry Nouwen's, uh, to use one of his own words, uh, Henry Nouwen made a distinction between achievement and fruitfulness. And he said, your achievements are what you accomplish, but they stop when you die. But your fruitfulness can go on and on. Um, Henry Nouwen has probably has a deeper influence in spirituality and in many people's lives today than he had the years when he was popular and was alive. You know, so his books go on. Um, see, see, to my mind, and that's also why I was so powerfully drawn to him, and I'm a spiritual writer, is that um, he was able to articulate um, uh, spirituality in a new language. You know, if you look at the books kind of before Nouwen, and, you know, like spiritual classics, you have The Imitation of Christ and, you know, uh, Fulton Sheen's books or in, 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 in evangelical stuff, you have Billy Graham and stuff. It's a different language. It's biblical, it's, it's powerful, but, but Nouwen was um, 
we just heard Shane Claiborne says that, quoting Frederick Beekner, who says, we got to connect our deepest passions to the deepest, you know, pains in the world. Henry, Henry, he did this by connecting the gospel to our deepest longings. So um, I like the title of the book that Michael Higgins wrote him called Genius Born of Anguish. So Henry, there was always an anguish inside of him. Um, and out of that, he was able to, to articulate uh, how we relate to Jesus, how we relate to the gospel, how we become God's beloved uh, in a way that was absolutely unique and gives this sense. I've often said this about Henry Nouwen. When you read him, you get the sense of being introduced to yourself. That's what's my first sense. I read him when I was still young in my 20s. And I realized, this person is introducing me to myself, and he's, he's given me permission to feel the way I feel, and yet at the same time, it's all under a Christian canopy. I love the, uh, one of the letters written to Henry said, how could you know the map of my heart? Yeah. And I find that to be a great truth about Henry. Do you think he is a spiritual master for this age of anxiety? Definitely, definitely. First of all, he's a spiritual master. You know, and, and uh, you know, his long-term stability, history will decide that. You know, will, will he be read 150 years from now, uh, the way the imitation of Christ is and so on? I think some of his works, like probably, you know, some of his just his masterpieces, uh, The Return of the Prodigal Son, they'll remain as spiritual classics. But, you know, it's like any artist or musician, a lot of the other stuff is going to... Um, a hundred years from now, what what will survive? And um, but he's a spiritual master for our age, and 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 that I can say kind of very confidently. Nobody, no spiritual writers enjoyed this kind of popularity in the last seventy years of Henry Nouwen. So, you know, if you uh, and 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 a popularity that's deserved. It isn't like he's a you know a pop sensation. Say so sometimes he gets you know, like pop sensations or. Uh, you know, you have it in the arts world. You get a Justin Bieber or a Katy Perry or somebody. You know, like that. They're they're, they're a pop sensation, okay? Uh, and you can get that in in spirituality, you know, and it's some mega preacher. But that wasn't Henry. H Henry's popularity is with, if I can call this, a certain depth community, and uh, uh, it's serious people, uh, and and also that he was able to. Uh, he wrote clearly as a Roman Catholic. He never apologized about him, a Roman Catholic priest, but he wrote in such a way that his readings, first of all, he opened up spirituality, Protestantism, the evangelicalism, the, the evangelicals, they became interested in spirituality because of Henry Nouwen and so on. And or even the famous thing on Oprah where Hillary Clinton said she carries one book in her purse and it's his book on the return of the prodigal son, you know, so that he, um, you, he, he really reached across all these lines. Well, you have done probably more than anybody I know to help promote Henry. You've been there for us, and I am so, so grateful. I'm grateful for the way you have understood Henry as this spiritual master, but you've also understood something of his creative genius. Yeah. And that's been, that's been wonderful. Uh, I would encourage people to follow Ron Rollheiser because Ron Rollheiser is, you know, is a spiritual master for today too and we are so grateful for the way in which you bring people to Henry. I thank you for that. Thank you. Well he has been a major influence in my life, my writings and so on. Uh, 
You know, as I said, oftentimes I've been at Henry now in conferences and so on, I said, he developed a genre that most of us are following, that uh, a way of writing in spirituality, a way of approaching spirituality, and even a language for spirituality. Uh, he, he, he was a pioneer, and the rest of us, you know, we don't write exactly like him and so on, but there's a genre he developed the way we write spirituality today. And also the other thing about Henry that I often emphasize, he wrote spirituality as opposed to writing about spirituality. We have many people who write about spirituality, the same as some people write about artists or painters or whatever. He was an artist, he was a painter. He didn't write about spirituality, he wrote spirituality.